Hello, everybody, and welcome to Spooky Show, the spookiest show in the entire universe ever that is this world. I'm your host, Kate. It's Monday, your favorite day. Thank you for listening. Today, I'm joined with a very special guest you've definitely never heard from before, my partner, Harrison. Hello, hello, hello. Host of really great podcasts as well. Good to see you in Supermind Exploder. That's correct. Check them out if you haven't already. And today we're going to talk about a case that you may have seen on TikTok and that you all, that also was introduced to me by Harrison, actually. Yeah, this one, I don't even know. I don't even remember how I came across it. I think we were like, this was like early in the quarantine. I think it I was. fell down a YouTube rabbit hole that started with Chris Watts and ended with this, like these weird kind of inexplicable acts of violence. And Harrison like doesn't listen to this stuff. He doesn't he doesn't consume true crime at all. So when he was like, "Oh my god, this case, like you need to hear about it." I was like, "Oh, yes, I do." And then he even listened to a podcast on it. I listened I was to a like, bunch. I literally searched his name and just listened to every single piece of information that was out there and there really wasn't that much. There isn't. There isn't. Still? Yeah. I mean, there's like a bunch of news stuff, but as far as like YouTube and podcast content goes, there really isn't that much. So you're welcome. Yeah, you are welcome. Um, yeah, I, I felt like we were really vibing together when you when we were listening to that podcast together. Oh my god, I was truly losing felt my very mind. Very connected to you. I'm happy to. I'm excited to get a little refresh in this case today. I have a lot of details. I don't want to spoil anything. Let's okay. can we get into it? Yes, yes. Because. Yeah, you're like, there's a lot of details, but I do think... I have a lot to say. But I do think that this is a uniquely tricky case, because in all that I've read about it, it is still kind of an inexplicable event. Yes. I would almost classify it, dare I say, before we get in, as something almost paranormal. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, on Monday, August 15th, 2016... Something terrible happened to the Stevens family. And we're going to start off with a little bit about who they are, because we always want to definitely highlight victims in cases like this. Oh, yeah. And pay respect. I mean, this is like, yeah, so it's terrible. Uniquely terrifying. It so, can happen to anyone. Yeah. Uh, this was a completely random thing that happened to them. So I'm going to go into a lot of detail about them. John Stevens third. He was 57 at the time that this happened. And had met Michelle Mitchkin, I think you say, who was 53 at the time in 1997 at a financial firm in Miami where they both worked. And they hit it off right away. And not long after they met in 1997, Michelle lost her mother due to a heart attack. And apparently the heart, this was interesting, the heart attack was caused by a popular dieting drug called FanFan, I think, or something. So that's, but that's also like a common thing. So I think a lot of people, like Anna Nicole Smith allegedly infamously died from like weight loss pills. That's. It's fucking scary. Yeah, that's really scary. Especially because it's something so many people want to get their hands on. Well, and it's, you know, something that the, you know, the Nexium documentary, The Vow, touched on, which is that like it's very easy to exploit people that are in desperate situations or. Seeking a way out at any cost. Cults. 
Cults, exactly. Um, I mean, like we talked about with Heaven's Gate. Yeah. Go listen to that episode, by the way. <laughs> so this sudden loss was definitely very difficult on Michelle and her father, Jeffrey. But John was there for her and her family every step of the way. This couple was truly, like, they were deeply in love with each other. They were a A-plus couple. And Michelle's father, Jeffrey, was the mayor of North Miami Beach City from 1989 to 2005. So the family was, like, very reputable and well-known. Michelle had been one of five children who had been born in North Miami Beach, and she attended... um, Highland Oaks Elementary School, Highland Oaks Middle School, North Miami Beach Senior High, and then went on to study at Florida State University. John was born in South Miami-Dade and had attended Miami Killen High School before going on to work. And John was very passionate about, like, the water and fishing and boating. And Michelle was very passionate about this as well, so they really bonded over this. And besides for fishing and boating, John also boxed as one of his hobbies. Wow, powerful. Real cool guy, it sounds like. They seemed like a really cool couple. I mean, I'm sure you'll get into this. Oh, but yeah, their wait for this. Hangout, their hangout spot was yeah. like a souped up, like they souped up their garage. Yeah. Right? Yeah, they like, they like tricked out their garage so that they would always hang out in it. Which, again, is another element that makes this story uniquely fucking weird right what are the odds what are the odds what are the odds you hang out in your garage that like that's what you've chosen as your room to customize you know yeah and yeah okay we're gonna get into that so the pair married on june 9th 1997 the same year that they started seeing each other and in 2007 the couple decided to transform their garage in the home they shared into Casta, florida into a place where family and friends could come and hang out together the garage conversion, you know what they called it? What? The garage mahal. It's amazing. Yeah, it, I mean, they had like a big TV, a big beautiful couch in there, a vending machine, right? Is that It a featured thing? three couches, a flat screen TV, coffee tables, cigar cases, a barbecue grill, an ice maker, dartboards, and beach-themed decorations. Okay, right. So it was crazy. And... The only rule was if the garage doors open, you're welcome to join us. So, like, neighbors and everybody would just, like, walk by, and they'd be like, come chill with us. Like, they... It Kind-hearted, heart. open-hearted people. Yes. Hospitable folks. Many events were hosted there, like, bachelor parties and just, like, you know, gatherings, like we said. And more often than not, John and Michelle would eat their dinner in the garage mahal, and they would watch TV in there together with family and friends and neighbors. And, yeah, they literally let anybody in. They were freaking tight. Like, they were... Yeah, they seemed like the ultimate awesome, awesome pair. So Michelle had worked at the Northwestern Mutual uh, Financial Group for 15 years. John operated his own landscaping company before retiring. And after retiring, John went out in his boat to fish with his wife almost every day. So he was basically just chilling. John... Actually, had two children from a previous marriage who were fully grown at this point, and they had their own family. But Michelle loved them as if they were her own kids. And John's son, John Stevens the fourth, lived in Kansas and just had a baby with his wife, and had intended to bring the baby to Florida for the baby's baptism, and so the, so the baby could meet its grandparents, uh, John and Michelle. 
And John and Michelle were like so excited to meet this baby, but unfortunately, um, it like really breaks my heart, but they never got to. Wow. So what happened? Let's get into it. We're going to talk about another fellow called Austin Haroof. By all accounts, a pretty regular guy. Absolutely. Absolutely. Up until a point, right? Like <laughs> Up until he August does... 15th, 2016. But no, before that. that yeah, yeah, I was going to say, because I'll, I'll let you go, but I, I remember one really striking detail that I remember. I know the this. one you're talking about. It's like the one of the grossest. It's just stuck with me because it's so bizarre. And yeah. it's what makes me be like, this is like not of this world, is that one Thing that he came into his house and he poured himself a bowl a bowl of oil and mozzarella cheese and mozzarella cheese and just ate it and just ate it like soup. So Austin Kelly Haroof was just born normal shit. Born on December twenty first, nineteen ninety six, in Palm Beach Gardens, Florida, to parents Wade Haroof and Mina Haroof. Austin was their first child, and then when Austin was one. Mina gave birth to a second child, a daughter, whose name I'm going to leave out. I don't know if, I think it's private. Yeah, and also just out of respect, you know. Right. So, unfortunately, when Austin was 13 years old, his parents divorced after, like, they were having arguments. They went through a period of separation. And Austin and his sister stayed living with the mom, Mina. But they would visit their father all the time and they would like go out to dinner and do activities and stuff like it seemed like they both had a really good relationship with both parents. Austin would later describe his father Wade as being a dentist who is different, loud, a redneck, but a nice guy who had who had a temper sometimes. Austin, Don't we all? There's one in every family. <laughs> You're right. There really is. Wade and Austin would go out fishing when Austin was younger and when he was younger, he didn't. Really, he was like, "Dad, I don't want to go fishing." But then he eventually grew to really like spending that time with his dad. And then his father started seeing a woman in recent years, and this woman ultimately moved in with Wade, and they were just dating. I don't think they got married at this point. Wow, wow, we were. <laughs> and <laughs> a bow, 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 bow. Um, so Austin's mother, Mina, was described as very loving and very nice and kind and motherly. She sounds just like an angel mother. And like with Wade, Mina had also met someone else and they moved in together. So where Austin was living in the home was Mina, her boyfriend, and his sister. Um, Austin graduated from the Suncoast High School in 2015 where he played on the football team for four years. He was also on the wrestling team. He then went on to take classes over the summer at 2015 at Palm Beach State College. He had good grades, so he got to enroll um, at Florida State University, and he was majoring in biology. During his freshman year, Austin joined a fraternity, so he was partying. I said that very judgmentally, but, like, go off. Um, two to three times a week. No, this is a, this is a pro... We're pro party. We're pro partying on this show. Don't don't get it twisted. He would party like two to three times a week, which is honestly pretty tame for college. For college, anyway. Are you talking about college time partying? No, two to three times in college. Like you're on the dean's list at that point. Was he dean's lister? <laughs> he was up until a there. Point. You go, bingo. Up until well, actually, it's no. Always up once until he started. A point. No, once he started partying, his grades would slip. It's always up until the point. 
It's That's great. what I've learned on this show, personally. What? That it's always up until a point. Yeah, you're right. It's always up until a point. It should be my catchphrase. Spooky show. It's, it's always, always up, up until, until a point. point. <laughs> <laughs> so partway through his year at college, he decided he wanted to actually become a dietitian. So he changed Keto, his bro. major <laughs> to... Bro, you ever eat cheese and oil? Stop it. <laughs> That's keto, that was funny. bro. Know, uh, so Austin decided he wanted to become a dietitian. He had to change his major, major from biology to sports sciences, and so he did. By the end of his freshman year, he was achieving a 3.3 GPA, and as a result of those grades, he had to drop his chem class, which I was confused when I read this because that's, like, not a bad GPA. It's, like, pretty good. It's, like, yeah. fine, right? Yeah. It's, like, not bad or good. It's, like, not any... But like, maybe to, like... It's, like, fine. Maybe to, like, move on to the next chem class, you needed a certain GPA or something. Hey, any chem majors know. out there, any chem... God bless your souls. Yeah, first of all, God bless you. So he also met a girl in April of 2016 who became his girlfriend. They would text and video chat all the time. Wow. Probably Snapchat. I think wow. Snapchat was real big in 2016. Wow. At the end of his first year at university... Wait, what do you mean Snapchat? <laughs> Austin returned back to his mother's house where he began a six-week internship internship at his father's dental practice, and that started in July of 2016. So remember the, the murder, the tragedy takes place August 2016. We're in July now. He's got an internship. He's living at home. He's doing pretty well, actually. But, however, soon... His friends and family noticed quite a difference in his personality. At the start of July 2016, he revealed to his friends and family that he wanted to become a popular and famous rap artist, which was very out of character for him. Apparently, he didn't even really listen to rap music, so they were like, why? I, l- I like, like to imagine that he heard Thrift Shop by Macklemore, like just in the grocery store or something like that. He's like, I can fucking do that. <laughs> He's like, I could write this song. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. That's just such a weird thing to be inspired by. What did he see? Like, did he like watch 8 Mile? And he's I like, don't know That's what he was inspired cause by because it's they said he didn't even listen. So bizarre. Yeah. Like, this whole story is so strange. Every layer to it is so weird. Like, why rap? Like, what draws you as like a biology major? I don't know. Yeah, it's just all so weird. He began to make YouTube videos, which he would upload under the name Austy Frosty. And he became obsessed with every, everything to do with his musical career. He, like, strongly believed if he worked hard, he would be very successful. He became more fashion conscious because he wanted to, like, look like a rap star. And, like, I watched and listened to one of the YouTube videos today, and I, like, couldn't do it. I don't even get disturbed by things. And I, like, put my headphones out of my ears, and I was like, this is, like, really freaking me out. Just because you know. Was it like, like disturbing content at her? Was it like violent content? He was content? just like singing. And I just, the thinking about his voice going through my ears and what he did, like I got real, you saw me. I was like, I can't. Yeah, you were cringing. So we visited his girlfriend in Tampa over the weekend, August 4th to 7th, 2016. Did this story take place in Florida? Yeah. Okay. Why? No particular reason. <laughs> okay. So he visited his girlfriend in Tampa August 4th through 7th, 2016. And during this time, his obsession with his music dreams caused him to be an insomniac. 
Cause I have these dreams where... <laughs> it's also reported that when he did wake up after like two hours of sleep, his girlfriend would find him screaming as if there were like monsters in the room. Jesus. It was basically, I think, like sleep paralysis. Guy. like And sleep like, insa- like insanity. Like you start yeah. to go, like you start to lose your facilities like past a certain point of being awake. Like there's a reason they oh, got to yeah. give like fighter pilots and shit. Drugs, yeah, like that. I mean, obviously, so they don't crash crash the planes, but like, you also don't want somebody losing their facilities driving a fucking air fighter plane. Absolutely pilot, not you know, fighter plane. <laughs> so when he returned back to his mom's house after visiting his girlfriend, his family and friends noticed he was even more different just in his personality. Austin was considering dyeing his hair blue, but his girlfriend was like, "Don't do that," so he didn't. Um, He then decided he wanted to go purchase a heavy chain so that he could look like a famous rap artist. Um, Then he kind of like totally and completely shifted his dream. He was like, you know what? I don't want to be a rap artist anymore. (laughs) Instead, instead, I want to be the next great civil rights leader. Okay, so this sounds like, yeah, that is like some... Delusion stuff. Yeah. That's like some, you know. It's like manic delusion. Manic, yeah, manic delusion. Wow, I didn't know that. I missed that. I have a lot of details, brother. That's wild. So he became passionate about helping people, and he actually became so obsessed that his parents and his friends and family described him as being, like, really overbearing and annoying. Like, it was all he would talk about. He told his family that he thought he could be a mediator and solve the problems raised by the protest of the Black Lives Matter movement. Two weeks prior to the tragedy, Austin's personality drastically changed yet again. He went from being this, like, funny, goofy, like, you know, I want to say frat boy, but that's honestly a good way to describe it. Literally. Yeah. And then he he went from that to being, like, really serious and just, like... I I remember him being described as, like, having almost a militant flip. Where his personality became incredibly serious and stoic and right. focused. And and he was just like, he, he just had like the vision of like, I need to achieve these goals. And that's like all that matters. I have been blessed by God. Yeah, that, that comes through yeah, yeah, eventually. Yeah, it usually does follow yeah. when people start talking about like being the next great leader of whatever, yeah. you know. So since visiting his girlfriend in Tampa, he began to research philosophy, religious texts, and the Illuminati. Google philosophy. (laughs) What is philosophy? (laughs) Hey, Siri, what's philosophy? Define philosophy. (laughs) He studied in depth um, Tony Robbins, Abraham Lincoln, Krishna, and Buddhism teachings. And he became overly friendly with, like, everybody he came across, including patients at his father's dental practice that he was still working at. On one occasion in particular, his patients, one of his patients opened up about how he lost most of his friends from the AIDS pandemic um, a few years, you know, decades back. And Austin was, like, extremely concerned about this patient, and he believed that he shared a special bond with this patient because Austin and the patient shared the same birthday. So he was, like, making... I don't know. He became very concerned. He was seeing connections. Yeah. That weren't, you know, which is also, again, like, a a symptom of delusion. It's, like, seeing connections and seeing, like... Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
So in these weeks as well, Austin's mood was very, like, elated. He would later describe that he felt like he had superpowers. But on the flip side, he would often wake in the middle of the night to see monsters in his room and be, like, terrified. One of these superpowers that Austin believed he had was the ability to manipulate water. Primarily the water Whoa. he would use to sterilize the dental equipment. Some of that stuff, it, that okay, so, like, uh, that's, like, scary shit, you know? Because, like, that is a rabbit hole that, like, people can fall down anyway, you know? Like, oh, you, yeah. you get into, like, pseudoscience TikToks or, like, pseudoscience Reddit yeah, or whatever, like... That's like a thing, like changing yeah. the molecular composition of water. Yep. Oh my god, that's so bizarre to like be talking about and wild, dude. And he believed that he had the ability to bless this water, making it sterile, and that the water would sculpt to his hands, which further allowed him to bless this water. And the water would it. sculpt to his hands. You mean he put his hands in water, and the water like did. went around it. <laughs> the like the water as did happened. what water does. Yeah, as as is the case with submerging a thing. Yeah, uh, typically it becomes submerged. Yes, that would be correct. So Austin's mission to become the next greatest civil rights leader. With this obsession, he became obsessed over Gandhi. He would fast like Gandhi would fast. This is what happens when men listen to too much Joe Rogan. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. And he even set his phone lock screen to be a picture of Gandhi. He believed he had this special charisma, which allowed him to talk to anybody and everybody without caring what anyone thought about him. And he also thought that he was extremely talented in everything he did. During the week leading up to the tragedy on August 15th, 2016, that's when the tragedy was, not what I'm talking about right now, Austin believed he was seeing dark shadows at night while he was in his bed, and he claimed to have developed an ability to read people and environments to distinguish good and evil. So he's like, I can walk around this town, and I know objects and people. I know what is good and what is evil. I mean, this, this he is truly sinking into more than I've ever heard like a clear God delusion you know yeah. I like am able to discern uh, absolute good and evil I am in control of the physical elements around me I can bless yeah, water exactly. oh, and bless it with what like what the fuck do you by mean by touching it what the, what the fuck do you mean bless like that's what I don't understand I can bless water I can fucking bless water I can put my hand on it and go I now bless this what does that even mean you have to be ordained I, know, I don't know. Like, that, is I don't he know. Saying it's I don't now know like Roman about. Catholic holy water now. Like that's what I don't understand. Is he saying that well, it's like I medical the, grade distilled? I like, think with the dental equipment, <laughs> he was like, so he was like, I, he was like, I um, st- I can sterilize this just by touching it. He's like saying this is distilled water. He's like now, hmm, this water has been distilled. Yeah, that's bizarre. I mean, yeah, and not to like poke fun at whatever because he's obviously suffering some mental oh yeah 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 yeah, and i'm we're not i'm definitely not trying to do that whatsoever at the ideas around it i i'll i'll take that head i'm that i'm i'm making fun of the ideas of like you know i i know yeah yeah just wanted to put that out there yes a little addendum of course this is like a horrific (laughs) thing and this is like one of the most psychotic sick fucked up things i've ever heard in my life and it's so inexplicable which is like i personally feel like and we'll get into the actual story in, like, just a, a minute. Like, this story is so outrageous that it will terrify you if you can't, like, on some level find anything, you know, anything well, other than so how that's why it's so terrifying. Yeah. Because you, it, we don't know what happened. Like, right. Or, wh- or why it happened. 
Exactly. Bingo. Um, it's he, uncomfortable in the truest sense of the word, you know? Yes. Like, yeah. My response to, like, make light is out of how deeply uncomfortable I mean, I think I that's how we all kind of... Especially doing this show, um, it's kind of hard, you know, to... Yeah. You know, you feel uncomfortable, and it's it's hard to figure out how you're going to respond to that, and where that's it. Yeah. And, of course, none of this said to paint this person in a positive light or make... No, that too. You know? Not trying to give him the benefit yeah. of the doubt whatsoever. No. So he started to believe that the devil was out to kill him and his sister and that everyone inside his mother's house was, like, in danger. So he he moved his mattress from his room to his... From one side of the house to his his bedroom to like another the other side of the house where his family was sleeping um and he even began began sleeping in his uh sister's bedroom floor because he believed she was in trouble and he wanted to protect her but also because he was scared and he wanted to be with someone austin also brought his dog into his room to sleep with him on many occasions during that week so the dog could protect him and so he could protect the dog and this is the part, it says... Protect the dog at all costs. He said, apparently he also took the dog for a walk, which he never did before. Fucking lazy ass. And this is because he said he was feeling a very special connection to dogs. Not just that dog, all dogs in general. Which is another thing. Because I feel like in so many true crime cases, we see... A dog, like somebody is connected to a dog or is hearing dog's thoughts, more particularly Son of Sam, the serial killer, was hearing things from his dog. And I just, this is why I'm fully convinced that cats are a greater animal. Do not come for me. But dogs are probably like on some evil shit. No, All right, move I, on, move on. I move like on, dogs move too. On, I like dogs on. too, but I just think it's Un- weird. I think it's suspicious. On August 12th, 2016, three days before the tragedy, Austin believed that he had superpowers, like, more so than ever. He believed that he was just like Jesus. And he even began to, like, walk in, like, a slow, like, Jesus-like manner. And... Dude, that reminds me of the, like, dude who... I was watching the Dr. Phil clips, just brief tangent. The guy on Dr. Phil who was convinced he was a cyborg... Yeah. That reminds me of that, where his, like, movements have yeah. started to change and, like, his vocal demeanor started to change. Yeah. Austin would later say in his psychiatric evaluation that as a Jesus-like person, he felt the responsibility to fix everybody else's problems. Um, he began to wear, like, lightly colored clothes that kind of resembled what Jesus was said to wear. He also... Uh, he had also- six pairs of Birkenstocks. <laughs> Austin also developed this ideology that darker clothing was evil, and if he wore it, it would make him evil. And he became very afraid of the dark and slept with the lights on at this point. On Saturday, August 13th, 2016, Austin had begun to collect business cards from people, as he believed that through these cards, he was able to protect these people. But on the very next day, Sunday, he feared having the business cards would actually do the opposite and bring harm to people, so he tore them up and threw them out. He also became obsessed um, on that Saturday with his horoscope and the fact that he was a Sagittarius. And this is because the symbol for a Sagittarius is half man, half horse. And he became convinced that he was half man, half horse. This dude is obviously, first of all, suffering. Yeah. That's what, like, 
the levels that this keeps dropping down and the mm-hmm. period of time in that short a period of time, it's like, yeah, it happened very fast. Yeah. I mean, this is such like a cursed, doomed, like I said earlier, almost fucking paranormal thing. Yeah. And at one point, a cyclist was cycling down the road as Austin was walking up the street in the middle of the road. So he's walking in the middle of the road. And the cyclist had to, like, swerve out of his way to make sure that he didn't hit him. And because the cyclist, like, swerved out of the way, Austin believed that he had a force field that made him invincible, and now nothing could hurt him. Jesus Christ. As he was walking back to his mother's house, a street lamp... This is... A street lamp switched off, which made him feel, get real panicked because he thought this was like something evil and dark forces were out to get him. Kind of plays into the paranormal thing. Like if that hadn't gone off. Yeah. You know, and it's this, and it's again, it's this thing that I go back to. Would these just, things happen? Sure. And it's also this like thing I keep going back to of like this obsession and like constant observation, looking for greater meaning in things like, you know, this a street lamp just fucking turned off, right? And he is like ascribing that. Yeah. It's this whole like cycle, this constant down downward spiral. I mean, it's really horrific and sad, too, to hear about. Like you know, to to start at this this young man is a bio, biology major mm-hmm. and like a like normal in a frat, like has friends yeah, like, like a totally partying normal just a normal guy. kid. So after he saw this light go out, and he's like dark forces are coming for me. He ran to the nearest source of light, which was a local pizza shop. And when he got there, he saw a family that was starting to get in their car to go home. And Austin asked this family if he could hitch a ride in the bed of the truck. Um, and if the, the family could drop him off at like the entrance of his neighborhood. And they said, yes, which is also very out of character for him. Like, I don't think he's ever hitchhiked before. Right. Don't recommend it. The following day on Sunday, August... Yeah, partying is endorsed hitchhiking. That's not <laughs> endorsed by this show. On August 14th, 2016, Austin went with his father, his father's girlfriend, and his best friend to a gun show where he bought a knife, which he said he needed for protection. He spoke to one vendor about survivalism and another about what to do in hand-to-hand combat. And after they left the gun show at about 5 p.m., Austin and his family went over to his maternal grandmother's house for dinner. And okay. his one thing. Yeah. So we definitely know he wasn't listening to Joe Rogan because if he was asking about hand-to-hand combat, he would have already known to take Brazilian <laughs> jiu-jitsu. Okay. Okay. So just scratch that one off the list. <laughs> that Jot theory that has down. been debunked. Jot that down. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Jamie, can you look, pull that up? <laughs> <laughs> So his behavior at this dinner at his grandma's house was also very strange. His family noted that he was extremely talkative and very affectionate. He would be constantly telling them he loved them. And he said he was so grateful to his grandma for, like, cooking the meal. And he even told all of them that they should all be very nice to everybody they meet. Later that day. (laughs) I mean, true. Hey, yeah. Be very nice to everyone you meet. (laughs) I don't... That seems a little hypocritical. Okay, yeah. Yeah, you're right. So later that day, his mother Mina gave him his grandmother's stone cross necklace thing, and he wore it around his neck for further protection. So I think she was trying to, like, you know, 
be supportive. Right. I mean, the other thing is that he also very clearly believed he was, there was some kind of paranormal thing happening to him, right? Like, this whole talk of dark forces and dark whatever, like, that is very paranormal, that is very haunting, that is very possession. Yes. Language. Now, I don't want to write it off, because, of course, like, we don't know what it was, and, like, it could very easily have been a combination of things, but that is why I come back to paranormal. All this, like, this talk of dark energy and spirits and forces, mm. like... I'm not saying that it is paranormal. Like, this is very real. This happened. But, no, no, no. It feels but paranormal. It, feel, it has, like, a weird, like, vibe to it. Twilight zone feel. Yeah. You know, it feels... This whole story is surreal, which is what, like, drew me to it. As mm-hmm. we keep going deeper, I'm, I'm sure you all are seeing, like, this is unlike any other story that I've ever heard of, at least. Me too. On that Monday... August 15, 2016. This is the day of the incident. Incident, yeah. 19-year-old Austin Haroof woke up and put on a Michael Vick jersey and a pair of aviator sunglasses. Should be noted, Michael Vick at the time, convicted felon for dogfighting. He wore it because of the he saw dog connection to dogs. Dogfighter, yeah. yeah. Just wanted to make that. He put on... Note. A pair of aviator sunglasses because he thinks they protect him from evil. He then went to the beach in the morning where he began to run as fast as he could. He believed he was an animal who could run very, very, very fast. And he became, he was like jumping from rock to rock. And he would later say that he believed he was half man, half dog. So he went from half man, half horse to half man, half dog. Yes. Holy shit. Dude. He felt a really special connection to all the dogs he saw at the beach. He even believed dog fur started growing on his face, which is like, like okay. that's your beard. But. Yeah, I mean, that's <laughs> similar to, like, I've heard stories of people having reactions to psychedelics where they've seen their beard and they think that they're becoming a wolf. Ooh, interesting. Yeah, and have, like, locked themselves in bathrooms and, like, been scared to oh come out because they think they're going to, like, kill everybody there. Yeah, that's a story that I heard um, on You Made It Weird with Pete Holmes about psychedelics. Wow. Yep. Good podcast. After the beach, he decided to run to his father's house to collect his car, which he left there the night before. And on the way there, he ran in the middle of the road, believing that his force field would protect him. And obviously, people not wanting to hit this man running in the middle of the road swerved out of him, swerved out of the way, which just convinced him more. Yeah, right. I was going to say, thus further proving the point. Which, you know, you don't literally have a force field around you, but as a pedestrian in the road, like, you know, people are trying to avoid you. So uh, if you are, again, looking for those symbols, Mm -hmm. seeking symbols that affirm your belief that you are, you know, kind of gods have some kind of force field around you there it's happening in front of you you know yes. if you're looking for those things you're going to be able to make those connections and thus be able to justify unjustifiable things as we're yeah. about to learn yeah. yeah yeah when he got to his father's house only his father's girlfriend was there and she contacted his father um who had told her to try and like I guess his dad was, like, really concerned at that point, and he was like, keep him at the house for as long as you can. So she had him doing, like, all these odd jobs. And as lunch approached, uh, Austin's dad, Wade, came home on his lunch break from the dental practice, and he instructed 
Austin to take a Xanax so that he would calm down. Apparently he was prescribed. I don't know if his dad was prescribed Xanax or if Austin was at this point. But when he handed Austin the bottle, Austin just threw it into the grass. He said drugs were evil and bad. He then climbed and jumped onto the roof and onto the hood of Wade's car until Wade was forced to give Austin's car keys back. And when he got the car keys back, he got into his car and drove to a nearby jewelry store with Wade's father following behind him because, like I said, he was still like pretty concerned about his son at this point. Wade tried to give Austin another Xanax outside the jewelry store, but Austin put the Xanax pill in his mouth and then straight away took it out and threw it on the floor. And now Wade's lunch hour was ending, so he had to go back to work. So Austin drove over to his best friend's house unannounced at like 11 a.m. When he got there, he started jumping on his friend's car because he thought he was an acrobat. And his friend was like, can you please get the fuck down? And then the friend and Austin drove to the beach to hang out. And while they were there at around 12 to 1 p.m., Austin's sister um, texted him and was like, can you pick me up from mom's? I want to come to the beach. So they drive uh, back from the beach and pick up Austin's sister and then they decide to go for lunch on their way back to the beach. Austin didn't order food and only ordered water that he kept drinking once again, just chugging In the, the same water. the spirit of the, like, miracle water. Yeah. He also, he also kept getting up to walk around the restaurant and run around outside the building. He also refused to take off his sunglasses And he told his sister while they were there that he developed the sixth sense and was able to determine the good and evil within people, and also that he was scared of evil spirits in their mom's house. And once they all got back in the car to finally head to the beach, Austin said that um, he was actually half man, half horse. So he's back to the half man, half horse. He's... Can't even keep his own... The mania is so intense at this point. He's not even able to keep a consistent lore around what's happening you know right at around 2 33 p.m while they were on their way back to the beach austin was driving like very very fast he was making illegal u-turns at red lights so his sister texted their mom that austin needed to see a psychologist and this text was sent at 2 53 p.m when they arrived at the beach austin started saying that he was now half man half dog so he back The group then bumped into five of Austin's fraternity brothers, who also noted he was acting very weird. The frat brothers invited the group of them over to one of their houses for a party, and they were like, okay, let's go. And when they got to this house party, um, Austin saw people smoking weed and drinking alcohol, and he was like, I'm not partaking in this. Drugs are evil. Alcohol is evil. He actually took a beer bottle and poured it over his left hand because he believed he could absorb the beer through his hand. And, like, this was a way of feeding his hand. Austin then began playing with the lacrosse ball and jumping around like a dog. On several occasions, he disappeared off into the woods behind the house and then would come back and say he just wanted to be with nature. Austin, his sister, and his best friend decided to leave the party and they went to Austin's father's house. Austin's sister had been texting their father during 
all of this and updating him on these weird things that Austin was doing. And at this point, Austin's dad was like very worried. He even came back from work early so he could be there to try to figure out what was going on with him. Austin climbed into the trunk of the car when they drove back from the party to Austin's dad's because he thought he was a dog and that's like where he should go. Jesus. When they arrived at their father's house, they decided to go out and hike through the local woods. But this hike only lasted like two to three hours. And according to a police interview with Austin's dad, Austin's mood was like very volatile on this hike. One moment he'd be very happy and outgoing, but then the next he'd be very shy and withdrawn. Halfway through the hike, the group came across two empty tortoise shells. As soon as Austin saw these shells, he pulled out his knife and he got that he got at the gun show the day before and told everyone to stop and stand behind him because he felt that something really bad was going to happen at this location because of the shells. Austin's father yelled at him to put the knife away, and he did. And as they continued on their hike, Austin began to run as fast as he could for a really long distance, so he completely separated from them. He just took off. Austin's father called his girlfriend to come pick them up, and they drove and picked up Austin, too, because at that point he was, like, so far away. They found him to be extremely dehydrated and sweaty, so they decided to go grab some dinner and rehydrate and just, like, pull themselves together. So at this restaurant, while they were waiting for the food to arrive, Austin excused himself to go to the bathroom, but he never came back. He actually ran back to his mother's house. And thus the infamous oil and cheese... (laughs) Yep. Meal happened. Here it comes. He ran back to his mother's house where he knocked on the door and um, Mina let him inside. Apparently he was wearing just his shorts and he had no shirt on and he was like really sweaty. Um, Austin didn't say anything to her. He just walked straight in. And when Mina asked her, asked him where his sister was, he said, I don't know. Which is weird because they were literally just together. Mina had just started cooking dinner when Austin showed up, and so she asked him whether he was hungry or wanted any food that she was cooking, and Austin told his mother that he was hungry, so they go to the kitchen, and Mina begins to, like, start making him food. She goes to the fridge, and as she's, like, closing the fridge, she turns around, and she sees Austin holding a bottle of vegetable oil like he was about to start chugging it. So Mina was like, don't do that, and took it away. And right as she did this, the phone started ringing, And when she answered it, it was Austin's sister. But meanwhile, Austin had grabbed a bowl, filled it with mozzarella cheese, and poured the oil all over it and started eating it. Austin's sister asked her if she knew, um, asked Mina if she knew where Austin was, and Mina was like, what the heck happened? He's here. And Austin's sister was like, he just left. I don't know. So Mina asked Austin why he left, and he said he didn't know. She was, like, trying to push him more and more, like, no, really, like, why did you leave? And um, he said he didn't feel like waiting for the food to come. So after that, Mina asked Austin's sister whether the food had arrived at the restaurant yet, and she said yes. So Mina was like, okay, do you want to go back to the restaurant? The food's there now. And he was like, yeah, I do. So he goes back. Well, his mom dropped him off at the restaurant, actually. Apparently at this point, too, like... Mina asked where his phone and wallet were, and he said he had no idea. She also asked him what was going on with him and that uh, she thinks he should go to counseling, and Austin actually agreed. He was like, yeah, you're right. 
So Mina dropped Austin off at the restaurant at 8.20 p.m. and saw him walk inside. Austin walked back in, went to the table with his dad, his dad's girlfriend, and his sister, and his dad was like, what the hell are you doing? At this point, I think his dad was, like, pissed. And not in, like, a bad... I think he was just confused. I'm sure he's like, what the fuck? Yeah. He's like, where's my son? Exactly, and that's obviously got to make you a little bit angry. Sure. And sad. And also now there's been a scene at this restaurant. Yeah. And, like, this isn't the first time this has happened, and, you know... It's tough, like being, you know, a family member to something, someone who's a party to something like this is unbelievably challenging. Austin didn't reply to this. He just stood there at the table. So Wade grabbed Austin by the collar and asked him again. And Austin pulled his arm back as if he was going to punch his father. Even though he didn't really seem angry, he just looked like he was going to punch him. And Wade's girlfriend was like, don't do that. So... Austin looked at her, dropped his arm, and then just walked out of the restaurant once again. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. And everyone tried to go look for him, but they couldn't find him, so they called Mina again to see if he went back again. Mina said he wasn't there, and they told her what happened at the restaurant. So Mina was like, okay, let's all try to look for him. Um, she asked him what direction he went in, and it sounded like he was going, going like to his best friend's house again, but Mina called that uh his friend's parents and they were like no we have not seen him so mina got in the car to go look for him too she couldn't find him so she went back home to wait for him and while home mina called 911 and you can listen to this call she's basically just saying like she's like i really don't know what to do in this situation but like my son's acting strange i can't find him and i'm really worried at this point, it's in, it's the middle of the night, so Mina decides to go to bed and keep her phone by her, and Austin's father was still out looking for him. But then at 2.30 a.m., Mina heard a knock at the door, and it was the police. Actually, a handful of police officers um, who told her that her son Austin had been involved in a serious crime and had been arrested and taken to the hospital. So what happened? So what happened? Well, Austin, again, stumbled upon the open garage. Um, so I have two versions, one according to Austin and one that's like what actually did happen. Okay. So uh, this is according to Austin right now. So when Austin left at the restaurant, apparently he felt invincible. He recalled running and following the stars. That's a quote. He saw some headlights down the road and thought it was something evil. He turned toward the car to, like, ward it off, and the car drove off. Um, He also saw a dark figure with a white face, and he thought this figure was evil, and he heard this figure say, hey, Austin. And he Austin, like, recognized the voice as a friend of his cousin's from childhood who he thought was a bad dude. So he believed this guy was trying to kill him. So he sprinted away screaming, and... He made a left turn and saw a white light from a garage. He asked the people in the garage for help. This is the Stevens couple. And then he he then recalled seeing a woman in the garage and her screaming at him. And he thought that she was a witch because of this. He screamed when she screamed because he was scared. And he didn't recall having any conversation with her at all. He thinks she had brown hair. He was afraid and in a panic state from seeing the dark figure and hearing her screams, and he thought he was going to get hurt. 
And it said at some point he had removed his clothes. He was only in his underwear at this point when he went to the garage. Right. He had a vague recollection of picking up a machete or something and stabbing the woman and biting her because he believed he was a dog. He wasn't really sure what happened in there, honestly. He said he might have grabbed some alcohol and started drinking it after stabbing her and then saw a guy in the doorway and a dog, and he said he thinks he stabbed him too. He had no recollection of his encounter with the police, and his next thing that he remembers is waking up in the hospital. Now, what actually happened is... Yeah. This is according to a neighbor and um, the police. So Austin actually turned on to the street right before his dad's on southeast uh, Kokomo Way. He removed his pants um, and kept his switch knife thing that he got at the gun show with him. He walks into John and Michelle Stevens' garage at 9.15 p.m., Michelle is obviously like, who are you? And yells at him. And he just starts violently stabbing her with his knife, as well as stuff he found around the garage. He also finds stuff to beat them up with. Like, he's just smashing stuff over their heads. And the neighbor Jeff from across the street hears a ruckus and goes over to help. And he sees Michelle on the floor and Austin trying to attack John So Jeff tries to push Austin off of him. And then Austin stopped what he was doing, looked at Jeff and said, you don't want any of this. So Jeff wasn't able to break up the attack. So he goes back to his house and calls 911, which you can listen to also. And it's so terrible because you can hear like screaming in the background. He says, um, Michelle is lying on the ground and the attacker beat her up. But then he notices that he was also stabbed like he notices he was bleeding so his jeff's wife takes the phone and told the operator he had stab wounds on his back neck and head so the police rush over as fast as they can and they are just like shocked at what they see they see austin in the driveway on top of john grasping and bear hugging his dead body growling and taking bites out of john's face and stomach he was eating him yeah the officer tried pulling Austin off of John, but he couldn't. So they tried to tase him, but that didn't work. They didn't want to shoot at Austin because he was just so close to John and they didn't know if John was alive or dead at this point. The officer also tried to kick him in the head. That didn't work. A canine officer comes and tries to put the dog on Austin. That didn't work. It took four officers to get Austin off of John as Austin cried out, just kill me. As they were handcuffing him and searching him, they found bits of human flesh from Austin's mouth. As they get him under control, they check on John and Michelle, and it's clear that they are both dead. Uh, Michelle had been stabbed, but none of her wounds were fatal. She had been beaten to death. John was stabbed to death. EMS straps Austin into a gurney, and they get him into an ambulance as he's still growling. And he tells the EMTs that he ate something bad. When they ask him what he ate, he tells them humans. And that's what happened. Another detail that I remember is uh, that the alcohol that he thought that he drank was like was like some kind of household product. Mm-hmm. And there was like all kind of like damage from that. Yeah, he right. Was he had in all kind of like acidic damage time. in his organs from that and stuff like that. That's yeah. just another thing that I remember. And I remember it being pertinent because he mentions in his recollection of what happened 
taking a sip of alcohol, what he believed. Yeah, to be he, his organs they found when he got to the hospital. He, they were like corroded. His kidneys were shit. failing. Like, yeah, and I, he ingested something, but it wasn't like we're gonna get into this. Was Austin on drugs? Because that's that was everyone's first question. Well, and it's vaguely reminiscent of another Floridian it's crime. Literally, the bath I was just gonna thing. say. In my notes, I have in particular basalt salts were a similar case had taken place. Where a man ate another man's face. Was that in Florida, too? I sure do believe so. Yeah. I'm, I'm almost certain that that actually is where that craze, like, was happening, primarily. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Terrifying. So Austin had begun experimenting with alcohol around 17, you know, like we all do. He did it fairly inf- and frequently in college to points where he would sometimes black out, like we all do. <laughs> no kidding. When when Austin was in high school, he experimented with weed, but he didn't smoke it very often. Um, At university, he experimented with Adderall and Vyvanse to help him study. He did smoke weed every day when he got back from college until he realized it was bad and drugs were evil. And I mean, that is something that can, you know, a danger of smoking weed is like for certain people, it can trigger like mental illnesses that were... You know, dormant, lying dormant. Yeah. I know specifically one of them is schizophrenia. Yeah. Like schizophrenia can be triggered if you have a predisposition to it and you smoke marijuana. Like you, it can trigger that. So apparently at some points too, I think in college, he also took mushrooms, acid, LSD, and coke. Also things he was that just can ex- deeply trigger psychosis if you are predisposed to them. Like, you know. But it's just so crazy because he was just like experimenting with these things. It wasn't like he. It talks about and, and it this just, sort of speaks to the danger of it too, though, right? Is yeah, that like you can have these just one time and it can just one time, but also like just one specific chemistry, you know, cannot mesh well with yeah. these these other chemicals and like set off something that may not have ever been triggered or like you know, it's yeah. what is scary. It's what they warn you about with these kind of um, with using those kind of drugs. I know. It's scary. I don't know. I, I like this is a hard case because it's hard to say. Like I've heard theorizing that perhaps he was possessed by some kind of demonic spirit. That's a theory that I've heard. I don't know how much I buy that. Right. Um, you know, I think the most likely. Like uh, if we're going to go Occam's razor, like, isn't that right? Isn't that the most likely scenario? Is the I think outcome? so. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the most likely scenario, and I'm no expert, so please, of course, take this with a grain of salt of just listening to someone on podcasts. But like, I, I mean, truthfully, what probably happened is he had some kind of dormant schizophrenia or dormant, um, deep, profound, you know, mental issue that was triggered by drug use. Yeah. Yeah. Because it talks about him not having these getting really starting to spiral until he moved home. Yeah. And it talks about him being a casual drug user. And, and then, then he, was, he moves yeah. home and he's like, you know, doing it every day. And who's to say? I, I of course, would never want to blame, blame, you know, this on, on something like weed. But like. You would never want to. I never. So. And on the Friday before the murders happened, he kept saying drugs were evil and killing him. So his mom was like. Well, then get rid of your weed. And so he did. He threw it all away. And blood samples were taken and sent for testing to find any drugs. When the report came back, they were totally clean. Yep. Which I think is what triggers people to then go, was this some kind of... Yes. I mean, well, yeah, yeah, because... Possession. 
Um, they it's did. so outside of the realm of what you hear, right? Like, the only other time we've ever heard something similar to this is from someone smoking bath salts and it triggering this well, reaction. actually, the Greyhound bus story where the guy ate the guy next to him. What happens in that? I mean... I can do an episode on that. Okay, please. Yeah. Come back, everybody, and listen to Kate's episode on the Greyhound bus <laughs> Yeah, I'll do an episode on that. Um, they did find trace amounts of THC, but that's probably from... You know, I don't know when he takes stopped 30 smoking days weed. Yeah, but it seems like it took place within that month. And if it's trace amounts, you know, you got to yeah. ask, like, how much is a trace? It, so, yeah, it seemed like... You drink was, kombucha, you have fucking trace amounts of alcohol in your system. This you is know? true. So it seemed like there was, like, some severe mental illness going on. Two psychological evaluations were done, and both of these evaluations diagnosed him with bipolar type 1 disorder. Okay. And that was it. But they also said that he was illegally insane at the time of the attacks. At the time of the attacks? Yes. Yes. Okay, what does that mean? I guess maybe I'm ignorant to what that means. So, like, to be legally insane at a time, is that a thing? I don't know. Like, does that... Can you be deemed legally insane for, like, oh, for these, like, six months I'm deemed legally insane? Is it because, like, a... Perhaps maybe folks... Yeah. Please educate uh, us on this because I don't understand that. And I mean, it makes sense if it's like perhaps a person was in such a state of mental illness that it's deemed like racing past that point. But like at the same time, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't even want to speak on that anymore. If you know anything about that, about what it means to be defined as insane and how it can uh, be deemed for a period of time and what the parameters are for that, please get in touch with the show because I would fucking love to know me too a month and a half after the attacks he gets I forget out of- that you don't like cursing on here oh no i i kind of blew that up oh you did because i remember I, when i came on in the early sodes of this show i'd be cursing and it was like what's let's like but now that now that that doesn't it, work it's after the haunted mansion when we talked about how horny the haunted mansion is it kind of blew the well also off. i'm like i'm talking about eating people i think i can say fuck maybe um, so a month after the a month and a half after the attacks, he gets out of the hospital and is taken to Martin County Jail, where he is formally charged with two counts of first degree murder, one count of first degree attempted murder, burglary. Bur- I can never say that word. Burglary. 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 Here they go. Okay. Of You're a dwelling, trying to add an extra syllable. You're trying to say burglary. <laughs> of a dwelling while armed and resisting an officer without violence. Hmm. So this is where I'm a little confused because the trial was set to take place in November 2019, but it was uh, postponed to the middle of May 2020. But then the prosecution requested a third psychological evaluation. So now it's delayed again. And apparently it got delayed to summer 2020. But I tried to find this trial and see what happened and I can't find it anywhere. So I don't know if it got postponed again. Where is this? Where is Florida. this location? In Florida. Okay, so folks, if you or anyone you know know how to find, you know, the court dockets and stuff like that in Florida, DM sh- Spooky Show Pod and let us know. And we can do a weird. little update, you know? Yeah, yeah. I would love to do an update, but it's just weird that there's, you know, I. it's just weird that there's nothing on it. So I don't know if it happened. I. If anyone knows postponed. where to find this information. Maybe I didn't look hard enough. a deeper enough. sleuth than us. Maybe I did not look hard enough. But maybe, I or maybe tried. it's hard to find. 
I tried. Uh, yeah, also, I kind of looked a little bit, and I was like, eh. Yes, yeah, so it didn't happen. <laughs> if you uh, if you know anything about the the supposed trial, the third stage trial that was supposed to take place this past summer, DM. I, is this a good time to go into the plugs? Right? Yeah, we. I'm done with the story. That's, oh, all right. That's well, the story. I mean, yeah. DM the show. DM the show at Spooky Show Pod. You can also follow me on uh, Twitter and Instagram and TikTok at Bubbling Queen, um, and then you can follow Harrison too. Yeah, you can follow me uh, almost everywhere as double H, double A, double R, double I, double S, double O, double N. That's double H, double A, double R, double I, double S, double O, double N on Twitter, Instagram, and on TikTok. I'm newly on TikTok. Uh, you can follow me at Mommy Vlogger one two three, <laughs> folks. That's Mommy Vlogger one two three, and uh, yeah, I also host two podcasts, Supermind Exploder and Good to See You. You can follow those uh, at SME Pod on Twitter and uh, Good to See You Pod on Twitter and Instagram, and there'll be a Supermind Exploder Instagram coming soon. They're both they're both cool shows. I don't know. Kate's been on both of them. Yep. You've heard half of uh, if you listen to the Q and On episode of this show, you've already listened to Supermind Exploder almost. Ooh. Um, also, you can follow us on Twitch. We stream. Uh, twitch.tv slash mindsugar666 maybe I'll do spooky show live yeah sometime. four streams a week usually and and more coming yep more coming there will be more content coming from the mindsugar universe so yeah check that out check out is there anything else we should plug oh the Dub after school theater camp power hour yeah um, our other podcast check that out and um, thank you for coming, Harrison. Oh, my God. Thank you for coming all the way here to be on my podcast. And by our podcast, wait, wait, by our podcast, I mean Mind Sugar's podcast, not me and you. We do plenty already. <laughs> we do a lot. We do whatever. Um, yeah, of course. Thank you so much for freaking having me on the show again. Little old me. Yeah, you're, you're an honorary guest. And thanks for doing I this actually, case. Really like talking to you about this stuff because you're not into it. So I'm like, let me blow your mind with some realities of the world, Harrison. It's true. I always love hearing you talk about talk about this stuff. I always I love this show. I'm proud of this. Sh- I'm proud of this show and you. You do you do a great job. Thank you. Of course. All right. Stay tuned for next week's episode every Monday. Rate and review on Apple Podcasts, please. If you really want to help me, like that's the number one way to do it, and it's free. Thank you. Bye.